welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing you part three of a four-part series entitled All Are Called, with today's message specifically entitled Supported, based off of 1 Samuel chapter, twon, chapter 20, excuse me, verses 1 through 17. So let us dive into the Word today. David now fled from Naoth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? He exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? That's not true, Jonathan protested. You're not going to die. He always tells me everything he's going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan why I should hurt him. But I swear to you that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by your own soul. Tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. David replied, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I asked permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says fine, you will know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father, but please don't betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. You know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. Then David asked, How will I know whether or not your father is angry? Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied. And they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promised, by, I promised by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants, to, and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so, it, so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all of your enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Amen. Answering a call is rarely easy or free from hardships. Let's just put that out there. Answering a call is rarely easy or free from hardships. <clears throat> um, so the support of good friends and community is essential. We don't have to do it alone. Let me, let me tell you, I cannot think of a person I am more thankful for in my life than my wife Bernadette. Not because she's my wife or the mother of my children. Don't get me wrong, those are all hugely important things to me. <clears throat> but because she's my best friend, and apart from my parents, has sacrificed more for me than anyone I can think of. My wife has taken plenty of crazy risks for me, uh, encouraging me to start my own web development business, 
encouraging me to follow my call to be a pastor, encouraging me in my music, my artistic expression, and my rather spontaneous, whimsical nature. But the biggest risk she took on me, one she took early on, was committing her life to me in marriage. Bernadette did not decide to do that when all was clear and certain. No, she saw something in me I clearly didn't see in myself. She saw potential. She saw the future. And I remember early on in our relationship, sitting across from her in the diner, drinking coffee and eating dinner. We were just dating at the time. She said to me, I know we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We're going to get married. At first that threw me off, but the words actually felt right. They, it threw me off, but it wasn't scary. It felt like, yeah, that, that is what's going to happen. What she saw, I will never know. I was working full time, not currently in college, a grungy goth rocker, but she saw it, whatever it was. And before I knew it, granted two years and two months later, we were married, had a child. I was back in college working toward becoming a computer programmer. She was working toward her RN degree, which led me to full-time work as an iron worker until she finished following which I completed my business programming diploma at Chubb Institute and became a business programmer and web designer. And retrospectively, not too much longer after that, I was pursuing my call into ministry. That was God's plan. And Bernie was on to it well before me, whether she knew it or not. I literally thank God for Bernadette every single day of my life. Who are the friends that we can depend on? Just this past week, following a very long and draining week, Kathleen needed to get letters out in the mail to all of her members, letters of which I'm sure you've received by now. And I'm not sure how many of you have done that. However, there were approximately 230 letters sent out, including 230 inserts, uh, 230 mailing and return address labels that needed to be put on 230 envelopes. You get the idea. What's more, there had been a couple of people who came down with COVID who were at last week's funeral. So there was that obstacle, which stood in the way of some people being able to help. Now, Kathleen is not just an office administrator to me. She's not just a member of our church, though she is both of those things. No, she's a Christian sister to me, a friend. And I couldn't leave her stranded to spend all day doing that by herself, and nor could Evie. Her and I both came in on Wednesday. We had our masks on just in case, and we got folding and stuffing and had a blast doing it. What a great time of laughter, conversation, and ministry. Again, who are the friends you can depend on? Who are the friends who sing, lean on me to you when you are in trouble? <clears throat> this passage is about the loyal friendship between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. And by this time, Saul and David were enemies. Um, this story of friendship shows that uh, this story of son, uh, friendship uh, shows that we, when we experience hardship, God can use our friends to support our calling. Now, if you remember uh, from last week's passage, uh, 
you know, Saul was uh, actually friendly with David, uh, was trying to warn him against going against the Philistine Goliath, but you'll remember um, he, he actually supported David in that eventually, letting him go out, even offering his own armor. Um, so how did we how did we get to this place where Saul is wanting to kill David? What could have David done that would possibly cause Saul to want to kill him? Well, simple. Saul knew David was anointed to be king, and one day David would would take over as king, and and his own family, his own heirs, would not would not have claim to that kingdom. And this made Saul extremely jealous of David. David didn't ask for this. This was thrown on him by Samuel. David has no other intentions but to serve the king with honor and dignity, and yet Saul is so jealous, so angry at what God has done, that he wants to kill David to ensure that his line can exist forever. This is, this is what is happening here. Trust and empathy are key to the supportive relationship between Jonathan and David as David faces this challenge in fulfilling his purpose. The challenge of Saul trying to kill David. Um, Jonathan was willing to listen and take David's concerns seriously that Saul was trying to take David's life, even though David didn't think his father would do something like that without telling him. I mean, can you imagine? You're, 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 you love your father. You can't believe your father would do something like that, let alone do it without letting you know. You're, you're his most beloved son. You're, you're the heir to his throne. How could that be? You can see Jonathan moving from an initial reaction of disbelief in verse 2 to listening in verse 3. David is so certain that Saul is going to kill him, he's willing to swear on it to, by, by, by the name of God and by his own soul. So Jonathan, in verse 3, starts to listen, uh, to be willing to act on David's behalf. He, he's ready to, to, to vouch uh, for David, to, to protect him, to warn him if any trouble's going to come for David's safety, even though it would have put him in an extremely uncomfortable, possibly even a deadly position with his father, as we see in verse 4. In the same way David was willing to view Saul through Jonathan's lens, <clears throat> risking his own safety to see if Saul was going to do the right thing. They are willing to trust one another and to see the situation from each other's perspectives. Jonathan and David share a covenant of friendship. A covenant, by the way, is an agreement with God and with a person or a friend. God brought together Jonathan and David, and their relationship was bound by their love for God, as we see in verse 8. Sacred covenant, by the way, in, um, in the New, Living, or New Revised Standard Version translation of the Bible, notes that in Hebrew, this reads, a covenant of the Lord. So the sacred covenant actually reads in Hebrew as a covenant of the Lord. A covenant is a word that maybe doesn't get used much anymore, and in ancient times it was often bound by blood or some other exchange. Therefore, covenants were serious things. They were costly, serious things, much like a legal contract today, where the breaking of the covenant often came with serious repercussions. What's more, 
covenants are mutual, where both parties are giving something up or contributing mutually. So what are some things that can be learned from the covenant of David and Jonathan? The covenant was sacrificial, as in it Jonathan gave up his kingship. It would also include seeking each other's well-being and that of their descendants. Sometimes other people place our friendship at risk. Sometimes our friendships require risk-taking. This doesn't mean we should endanger ourselves for any reason just because it would help a friend. Jonathan's risk-taking for David was well thought out, prayed over, and necessary. David would not have been able to fulfill his purpose as king without a friend like Jonathan. Often, we think we must do it alone or rely on our own resources. But cultivating supportive, committed friendships and relationships is an important part of living a purpose-driven life and supporting others as they pursue their callings, too. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you by letting you know that God supports your calling through the friends around you. Think about the friends and loved ones who support your call or support you in general. Who can you go to when you need help? I can tell you, I as a pastor am truly grateful for being able to serve with such awesome people, such awesome leaders in our church, and getting to worship with such awesome congregation. You guys, <coughs> whether you are come to my church or not, or, or, you, uh, or you listen to these messages here, just listening to the message encourages me because that, that gives me purpose for, for doing more of them. It means people are getting something out of it. And, you know, I'm grateful for all of the support I receive as a pastor. I have people pulling things out of magic hats all the time throughout the week to make uh, any given service, any given thing we're doing as a church, to, you know, to pull off. Um, it's been especially harder with uh, with the the pandemic and the people who have been around, you know, to help in any way, uh, shape or form have been absolutely invaluable to the ministries of the church. Um, at the same time, so I feel supported, maybe you feel supported, but there may be people in our congregation who feel unsupported. Maybe this is a time for you to invest in your friendships and relationships, to cultivate mutual trust and empathy, to support others the way you hope to be supported. And if you feel unsupported, I want you to know I'm here for you, at the very least. I, I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to walk with you in your faith journey. That's, that's why I do what I do. And uh, sometimes I feel like people don't feel that they can talk to others about their problems, but I want you to know you can talk to me. I, I'm here to listen and to pray, to offer advice if I have it, but by God to be an ear at the very least. Maybe this is, again, a time for us to invest in friendships and relationships, and I want to encourage you all to think about how you can make God the center of your friendships and all of your relationships. As a congregation, <clears throat> we're called to support others in their calling and 
Be true to our covenant by our honesty, loyalty, and trustworthiness. We're called to be open and sensitive to others' experiences. We support our covenant friendships through encouragement, through prayer and giving our full commitment to each other's well-being. And I hope that as we move forward as a church, you will feel the call to be supportive to your church family, and you will feel the call to step up and do the work of the kingdom as everyone else around you is, so that we together can be the body of Christ, bringing God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to 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 preach this message that not only challenges those listening to it, it challenges me, Lord. We all need to step up uh, in ways and become more faithful in our friendships and in our relationships, especially in our relationship to you and our relationship to our brothers and sisters who are called by your name. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we praise you again for guiding us from where we are to where you have created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I want to thank you again for tuning in and uh, listening to these messages. I really do hope uh, you are getting something out of them, and I assume you are if you're listening. Um, and, I'm, and that makes me happy because we are honestly all in this journey together. I do want to remind you to check out the episode notes because um, surely uh, there are links in there for you to check out. Um, also, I know that... Uh, uh, we, we've all gone through the pandemic and, uh, you know, churches have been hit particularly hard. So if you are able, and this is your main spiritual sustenance for the week, and you're able to support uh, the ministries of uh, my church, First United Methodist Church of Newton, that would be rockin'. If you are a part of another church community and this is just supplemental, then by all means support your church community. We're called to do that. Um, and if you have it in you to support us both, wow, that would be absolutely awesome and both of us would be very appreciative of that but remember friends we are called to be christians we are called to love each other and we are called to continue the work of christ in the world so with that said remember you have been richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others go in peace